Hi, welcome to Alternative. This is me, Tatiana. Um, I have not been consistent at all with this uh, podcast. It's been very sporadic and random when I record episodes. Um, and although I would like to be consistent because I would like to um, build an audience and connections and be able to uh, talk and collaborate with people. And that's my main um, purpose of this podcast. And I know consistency would be um, key to build um, those networks and community. Um, but unfortunately, just I am not able to be consistent right now. Um, and I do hope to be and plan to be, um, when I can be, but, um, but it is just a time where, um, I think everyone needs a lot of leniency and I'm unable to, um, force I'm, um, not force, but, um, I'm just unable to function with consistency because, um, I am fluctuating and the world is in this, um, kind of dark period of, uh, confusion and just kind of wandering and figuring out what our transformation is going to be. So it's an exciting time and it's also a really scary time and um, a time that has made time kind of, um, I don't know. I don't really know. It's definitely done something to our concept of time. Um, and yeah, I'm just not able to show up in a the same way every day or every week. Um, and the other thing about me being inconsistent, in, in, inconsistent with podcasting is that um, my uh, my trust in myself and my creativity or my ability to speak on things is also fluctuating. And so um, there's a lot of things I want to talk about and share. And um, if I strike while the iron's hot, I think that's the saying, then um, then it's fine. Um, so that's what I'm trying to do today. But uh, otherwise, I usually kind of talk myself out of it and just feel like I don't have enough knowledge to be speaking about the things that I want to talk about. And so I keep, you know, having some thoughts, ideas, things I want to say. And I'm like, okay, well, I need to read up more. There's still these books. There's still basically just I don't feel qualified to be talking about various things, but I have to remember that I'm not an expert. I'm not a professional. And even when I do 
get my master's degree, I still won't be either of those things. Um, really? Um, so there's just so much to read, so much to learn, and um, I get overwhelmed by it all. I love it all. I wish I had more time to be reading. And then also when I do have time, like I do, you know, weird internal dialogues of like, I get mad at myself for reading one book over the other. I'm like, is it really important to be reading, like prioritizing this book that's more about, I don't know, individual trauma than it is to be reading about this book about economics or a feminist perspective or um or just like learning <laughs> things that are more applicable um to the world and not just myself and so anyway <laughs> all all that to say that that's why I'm inconsistent and um so if you're here with me on this um sporadic random journey thank you so so much um and I will be here when I can, and I certainly want to be, and am appreciative uh, to everyone that takes the time to uh, listen. So um, it kind of leads me to what I want to speak about today, which is uh, actually that trust in yourself um, through art and creation. Um, I have been just thinking a lot about art and poetry and stories and writing and conversations and dance and just um, all of the meaning making we do to orient ourselves in this, this world and how um, our shared how our individual experiences are not so personal and are what connects us all. And so there's something um, I've been really just loving Taylor Swift so much. Um, I've always loved her, um, but it's so fun to have grown up with her um, and her evolution and her just her. Um, her strength and courage throughout all of her uh, criticism and um, but really she is just an incredible storyteller and um, obviously she has a lot of songs about you know heartbreak and love and those are so wonderful and so important and essential for um, to hear to and to feel because when um, there's some quote that says something like about poetry, that when you're reading poetry, it should be like it's, like it's coming from your own thoughts. And it's like there's this mystical, mysterious quality about stories that are so um, personal and so specific to a person, like very specific details. And maybe, maybe those very specific details didn't happen to you, but it feels like it happened to you and it resonates with you whether most of the song or poem resonates with you in a literal way or none of it resonates in a literal, I went exactly through this way, 
but somehow there's this sense of I feel this. And even when I was little listening to Taylor Swift and um, Adele, I, you know, I'd like screaming these breakup songs and love songs and I haven't yet been in love or, um, and I, but, but I, but I just, I'm belting it out because I feel it. And then now having had experiences that um, resonate, it's like, it it doesn't have to be um it's it's that those specific vivid images and details that actually connect us all in our shared um humanity and experiences and and feelings and emotions and just like the chaos and mystery and beauty of life and of pain um and, and all the things that we endure and move through and how those things move us and change and transform us. Um, so I've just been listening to Taylor Swift like nonstop um, while painting. And um, I, it's, I, I started painting a few maybe like two years ago. Um, and not a whole lot, again, very sporadically, um, because of the same reason of like, I don't trust my abilities, my, I don't trust that I'm, um, that I'm, yeah, that my abilities, my capability to create something, um, with, uh, beauty and meaning, um, so, it's um it's hard because I won't I won't paint for a long long while because yeah just um I get scared of it and I like yeah it's just it's intimidating um and as I was painting I'm like I attempted a nature background which I haven't really attempted since I was like really really little um and I wanted to paint and so I was really nervous but I'm I was really happy with this whole process. I spent about uh, three or four days on this painting and I had just done another one that I just did in a quick afternoon. So I was kind of on this like spurt um, or burst of um, energy and, and flowing ideas or whatever. So I had this image come to me for this painting and um, decided to create it even though I felt it was a little bit out of my um, league or skill set even though I just don't I don't really have any painting uh, skills of any sort like I was scared of painting for a bit I sketched and I was like oh I can't paint that's like for painters um, so I keep <laughs> like uh gatekeeping these mediums because oh I'm not a painter I'm not an artist or whatever and um I think it's really cool just for anyone to access any medium at any time in their life without any explanation or any need to be um good or refined at it um but to trust the process, trust that you create something 
So it was really cool as I was painting this. I was listening to Taylor Swift and I was singing Taylor Swift. And that kind of helped me because I got to sing. And so that's like one, I don't know, it it all kind of flows together. Like I used to write songs when I would be moving. So kind of that, um, I don't know, collaboration, concoction with myself of expression, I guess, and movement um, helps. It was cool. I was like, I can literally create any um, universe on this painting. Like that is wild. There, like the possibilities are endless. Um, that I could. There are no rules. I don't have to. Like I don't try. I don't do um, lines and circles. You know, to create a body first. Um, I know I should in quotes. Um, and a lot of my proportions turn out really weird and like lack form. Um, and that's okay because it's just like boring and, um, also kind of confusing for me to do that. And I don't, I get that it might be super helpful, but it's just not for me. Um, so what was I even saying? (laughs) Oh, uh, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, basically there are there are no rules. Like I don't have to. Just because you're supposed to do the thing doesn't mean I have to. This is my painting, my creation. The moon can be a huge moon. There doesn't have to be a moon. It can be a small moon. It can have a light glow. Um, the trees can sway this way. There can be trees. It can be dark. It can be night. And she could be holding a light. Um the possibilities are endless. I can paint naked fairies because I don't have to paint clothing. <laughs> um, it was just real. It was just cool to watch it like unfold in front of me and know that I could change anything. Whereas normally I'm like, I painting stresses me out because I'm like, I'm gonna mess it up if I do this or that. I'm like, no, you can't mess it up. You just keep going, keep working it, keep seeing what unfolds as it unfolds in each process and layer is important for the bigger story, the bigger picture. Um, so it's just, I don't know. It's just, um, such a, it just, it made me feel so alive and so, um, myself and so connected to something because I was, I was drawing this, um, Titania, I think, Titania, I don't know. Um, Someone at at work, one of my guests told me that my name was Queen of the Fairies in um, Irish folklore. And I was like, oh, that's freaking cool because I'm learning about mythology and folklore. Well, a little bit, not going in depth, but just like touching on the um, essence and importance of it in our culture and how we sort of lost that, lost um, the art of storytelling and images and such. But um, so I, I I looked her up and, and looked up her, um, her story. So she's, you know, from Shakespeare originally, Queen of the Fairies, and then she's written in some British and Irish folklore. And um, anyway, it made me feel connected to that. And I've been kind of engaging with ideas of like fantasy and um, mythology that I normally uh, have regarded, previously have regarded as like 
not essential or just, you know, what's the point? Like we don't, I've, I've viewed mythology and this is how it was kind of portrayed to me in school was like, this is what people believed before we had science, before we knew how things actually worked. And it's not that, um, kind of like, oh, mythology is so silly, but, um, it's actually so important. And I don't know a whole lot. I want to kind of start reading a little bit more, just, um, more stories and mythology and such, but, um, it's interesting because these stories and images and gods and creatures and beings and fairies and everything, it feels true. Um, it feels it feels truer than reality to me in a way. So what's to say, I guess there's so much value in in feeling the essence of these stories and beings and how, maybe they do affect our daily lives or but we don't think about them and we don't talk about them and um we've just we've sort of lost um we don't value this telling stories and stories could be um mystical stories or stories that happen to us um in everyday life um the stories that um transform us and um our stories of suffering and these are the things that make us um that that reveal to us that we are connected that we are that emotions come to us um and maybe they come as uh images or spirits and have a movement or a color um they come to us in certain ways and some experiences are haunting and um where where are my words <laughs> um anyway let's see well um words they escape me sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just been um, really wonderful to think about. And I just wanted to share. Um, in class, I'm in a spirituality and counseling class right now. Um, we've been sharing stories through different um, periods of our life. We got to choose different times. So we just... We each got to go up and share something um, like a spiritual encounter, but it doesn't have to be, or not encounter, spiritual experience. And it doesn't have to be spiritual in the sense that, um, oh, this was so obviously spiritual because I saw God right in front of me or I saw an angel right in front of me. Um, it's not, um, while there may be experiences like that, um, it's more about spiritual experiences that you know are spiritual and you feel are spiritual. And they're mysterious and really, really hard to articulate. And we're not used to articulating them. But we've been sharing in class. And it has been just an honor to um, hear the, the, the words and be transported into 
what I what my imagination perceives of these um, experiences that were told. There have been uh, very, you know, experiences that have not happened to me in any literal sense and may be super, super distant from me and my own personal stories in life. And yet, I resonate with them. I feel them. I, um, I feel pain and I feel a sense of wholeness too that comes from this. It's this sense of wholeness that, uh, that connects, that connects us all. It's our shared humanity and we've kind of lost touch of that so much in our, um, hustle culture and commercialization and, um, just our, just our culture in general. We've lost this, um, sense that we go through complex things and we're complex and we're not, how are you? Good. Good. I always say I'm good. I always say that when someone asks and my sister pointed out, um, you know, people, you're never actually saying how you are. Like, what's the point of that question? It's just small talk and it's true. And I, and what would it be like to answer that honestly? But there's not um, time in this clock time that we use and perceive. There's not time for that to say, oh, well, and, and also, even if there was, I don't know how I would answer that. Like, um, because I'm not doing good and I'm not doing bad and I'm not sad and I'm not happy. Um, I'm not, I'm because, um, because there's so much in my experience that it couldn't be reduced down to one thing or even on a spectrum of good to bad. I'm not somewhere in the middle. I'm not, you know, doing okay. Or maybe I am, but, but I'm also doing really great. And sometimes I'm suffering somewhere. And also I'm, like life is unfolding beautifully and magically. And so, but that'd be strange to say, I think. And um, again, there's not really the clock time because we say it in passing. Um, so yeah, just our, I guess our language has become a little bit deadened uh, to our souls and our spirit um, of... I, we're lacking this uh, language of the heart, and that's what comes through in art and in poetry and in experience and in just every everything. I'm not just talking about things we specifically call art in fashion and in home, and um, there's just beauty and in life, in moments. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> um I wanted to maybe read a little something from this book I'm reading. Um, it's Dark Nights of the Soul by Thomas More. Um, let's see. It's like, it's so hard to decide what to read because um, okay. Yeah, it's like, I don't, okay. Um, let's see. I'm just going to read a few random things I've underlined. This is page 2222. Love that number. You take in beauty with the sixth sense and with the special organ of deep perception. 
Your eyes pick up physical fact, but your educated interior senses perceive the beauty. Um, Keats said that beauty is truth. It reveals an essential and sometimes hidden quality in things that stirs you in a way far deeper than the mere satisfaction of curiosity. You realize that you have a pulse and are alive, and they can offer you a purpose for your life on earth, if only you see deeply enough into them. Um, it's, it's about looking. You take, you take it in. You savor each element. I'm just reading random things I've underlined a little bit. Um, you take note of the most subtle factors. To beauty is to the soul. This is 223, page 223. Beauty is to the soul what truth and fact are to the mind. The beauty of a thing is its depth and meaning to be revealed. To perceive that beauty, you need an eye for both appearances and for the visible radiance of the thing. You need the capacity to be affected. But many people walk through life defended against all positive influences. They are not open to the invitations and messages coming to them at every turn. Um, page 224 um, an aesthetic psychology senses the soul as beautiful even in distress Oops. but you have to educate yourself to seeing its beauty and then respond to it to the way you would a piece of art you take it in and become its curator this is talking about spiritual teachers and psychologists who base their work on the elusive principle of the soul's beauty. Their faces light up when you tell them about some quirk of behavior or unusual obsession. They are not numb to pain, but they appreciate the many ways the soul shows itself from person to person. They are slow to moralize, slow to diagnose, and very slow to change or instruct. Um, I believe that any effectiveness I may have as a therapist comes primarily from the example of these teachers who have had a wide capacity to consider the manifestations of human life without requiring immediately that they fit certain norms of health and propriety. First you see, then you know. Page 225. Truly beautiful people are not necessarily physically healthy, emotionally together, easy to get along with, or productive and successful. Beauty of a person includes emotional storminess, dry periods, and occasional explosions. Okay. Those are just a few words for now. And um, a lot of these reflections have come from my class with my professor, Dr. Stephen Bennett. Um, so I just want to give credit there. And um, go be beautiful and suffer and um, have a nice day, whatever that means. My goal is to bring light to alternative perspectives and practices with hopes to spread connection, community, empathy, and empowerment. If you enjoyed this podcast, we're now on Apple Podcasts, so search Alternative Tatiana Saunders and give me a rating and review, and please share this episode on social media so that we can continue and expand these discussions.